welcome to the Preston Minster podcast. We want you to find your home, find your purpose and transform your city. Amen. So it is the summertime and the weather is fine. Um, And yeah, it's boiling, isn't it? It's boiling. I don't know what you love most about summer whether it's the barbecues, whether it's the days out at the beach, whether it's the uh, ice cream or something like that. But also, what's your, what's your least favorite thing about summer? If you're watching online, you can kind of add that into the chat if you want. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, hello if you are watching online. But what is your least favorite part of the summer? For me, it's gotta be the wasps. Can I get an amen? Everybody hates wasps. And I don't really know what the point of wasps is. With bees, I've got a lot of respect for bees. I've got a lot of love for bees. I mean, you know, they produce honey and they pollinate stuff. I feel like they're quite important to the existence of the human race and things like that. But with wasps, maybe you can correct me after the service if wasps play some kind of integral part of like human existence. If they do, you know, I'm going to apologize to the wasps. But I feel like... Why? Why wasps? What is the point of wasps? And it's a small link, but it links us into our subject matter for this morning. And that subject matter is the question, why? Tell me why, the Backstreet Boys said. Ain't nothing but a heartbreak. Ain't nothing but a mistake. Tell me why. And that's the question we're going to be asking this morning. We are journeying through our very short Ask Preston series. Over the past several weeks, a team of us have been on the streets asking the people of Preston uh, Preston, a simple question. And the question is, if you, my friends, if you could ask God a single question, what question would you ask? And the responses have in many ways been fascinating, not not hugely surprising, but really, really fascinating to hear what people would like to ask God. And you might have your own question. The question that we're going to be looking at today is is why. We sort of started it last week. A lot of people ask God about suffering. They say, why, God, did this happen? Why is there evil in the world? Why do bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people? People ask a lot of why questions. Today's slightly different. The most popular uh, and sort of top of the charts question that we had was why are we here? What's our purpose? What's the point of life? The same question asked in number and a number of different ways, but the crux of it was, what is the point? Why are we here? What's the big idea? And I get that. I think we've all, I think we all get that, that feeling of what is my life about? What am I here for? Whether you consider yourself as a Christian or not, we all ask ourselves that question, why? What is the big plan for my life? Why am I here? And I know the difference that having that sense of purpose can make. 
when we have a sense of purpose and an idea why we're here, it makes such a difference in our lives. And we're so passionate about this at the Minster, it's part of our kind of invitation statement to the city. There's a big board out there, and on the front page of our website, it says, find your home, find your purpose. It's kind of, it could be rephrased, really. Find your why. Figure out why you are here on planet Earth and what you are intended to do. And then it goes on to talk about transforming the city. We're super passionate about it. And one of my favorite quotes is from Freud, and he says, He who has a why can bear any how. He who has a why, a purpose, can bear any how. In other words, if we know what it is we're called to do, if, it, if we know why we are here, we can endure great suffering. We can endure difficult things. We can overcome obstacles and barriers. Why? Because we have a purpose. We have a sense of what we're called to do. He who has a why can bear any how. If we don't live with purpose, our life will simply be trying to find the path of least resistance. We'll literally just go through life trying to find the next thing that is uh, uh, perhaps a, a high or something we can buy or something to cover up that sense of emptiness because of our lack of purpose. The answer to the question, why am I here, matters. Perhaps the most important question that we can ask ourselves is, why am I here? And I find it fascinating that we're all asking that in this building, many of us followers of Jesus, but the people outside those walls are asking the same question. They have a sense. The question itself means there's a sense that they have a purpose, they have a reason, but they don't necessarily know what it is, and you might feel like that. You know that there's a big plan. You know that you have a purpose, but perhaps you haven't found it yet. Why you are here is probably the most important question you can ask. Somebody once said there are two really important dates in a person's life. Firstly, the day you're born, and secondly, the day you figure out why. Why you are here matters. And to help us with this question, I want us to turn to a verse from the scriptures. It's just one verse we're going to focus on this morning. And when it comes to that whole area of why we're here, what's our purpose, I love to go back to this verse because it gives us such clarity, such direction. So if you're here this morning and you're feeling that sense of, yeah, I feel that. What's my why? I know there's a purpose, but I don't know what it is. Well, this verse is going to really help you connect that inbuilt sense of there's something more something for me with with an answer so 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9 says this but you are a chosen people a royal priesthood a holy nation God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light I love this verse. We'll unpack it bit by bit. I love that it starts with being chosen. Did you know that if you're a follower of Jesus this morning, you have been chosen? 
taking a step further back, if you're here sat in the building this morning, breathing, you've been chosen to have life. You've been created by the creator. I don't want to dwell on this too much, but I was reading this week that, and this is, this is really something to reflect upon. I want you to reflect on this. There are a hundred million sperm. Okay, you didn't expect to be talking about sperm. During the Sunday morning service at church, I won't dwell on it too much, but literally there's a hundred million of them and one egg. So the fact that you are here is a Euro million jackpot chance lottery win. The fact that you have life today is such a miracle that you're sat here, that you're breathing, that you're alive. You are a living miracle. And I just don't think we stop to think about the wonder of life, that we've been chosen to exist, to, to be here. Like what's happening right now is I'm speaking to you and you guys are hearing hearing and understanding what I'm saying. I don't know if we stop to think about that very often. Literally what's happening is a membrane in my larynx is just literally vibrating to modulate the flow of air. And tiny little sound waves are going through this microphone into the speaker, into your intrinsically crafted, created eardrums. And that those very small sound waves are being absorbed into your brain's nervous tissue and then transformed into abstract thought. You don't just hear the sound waves, you're able to understand the meaning behind them, the tone, and, and, and all the other stuff. Like, we are a living and breathing miracle. And can we just consider for a moment the absurdity of believing that it's all random? The belief that this is just an absolute fluke, our existence. The kind of tragedy of answering the question, why are we here, with an answer that sounds like, oh, it's just random. It's all made up. We are chosen to be created. You are a miracle person living on a miracle planet. And in this passage, what it talks about being chosen, what it's talking about is being chosen, yes, to exist, but to be part of God's family. That's what Peter's trying to get at. His heart is, you are chosen. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Chosen to be created, but chosen to be part of God's family. You're included. You're welcomed in. All of us here will have felt at different times in our lives that sense of being excluded. Whether it was not being picked for the football team when you were at school or being picked last, or whether people have spoken things to you like, you're not welcome here, or can you leave, or we don't want you here. At varying levels, we will all have felt that feeling of exclusion. And Peter, by contrast, contrast, in God's word, it says, you're not excluded, you are included. You're chosen to be part of God's family. You're invited, you're included. You are welcomed into God's family. And that's why I love the church of Jesus Christ. Because the church of Jesus Christ is the physical representation of God's family on earth. 
the church of Jesus Christ is very diverse. I love going to cities when I'm on holiday and just popping into local churches on a Sunday and just being part of that community, part of that fellowship. Often people are worshiping in a really different way, perhaps to the way that we worship here, but we are all part of that family that expression of the church of Jesus Christ. And again, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are welcome. You're all, everyone's welcome, but particularly if you're a follower of Jesus, you are chosen to be part of God's family. And it strikes me that another major thing in this passage, and an answer to that question, why, why are we here, is relationship. God has created us for relationship. God wants you to be in a relationship with him. God is not like a distant, far-off God who has removed himself from your life. God is interested. God is involved in your life, and he wants you to be in relationship with him. And I think it's worth mentioning because in our day and age, we live in such a time where, where loneliness is huge. People's sense of isolation and loneliness has never been greater. There's never been a greater need for people to be part of community and into relationship. I was reading this week that 45% of people feel lonely occasionally. That's 25 million people in our country. And it's so interesting to look at the connection between loneliness and our physical health. Because there's a di direct correlation between people feeling really lonely and actually feeling quite sick and unwell. Loneliness and social isolation are associated with an increased risk of heart disease. Loneliness increases uh, high blood pressure. Loneliness uh, is, def is directly connected to a greater sense of depression and loneliness and social isolation put individuals at greater risk of things like dementia. So interesting how feeling isolated and lonely is directly connected to bad physical health. Why? Because you and me were created for relationship and we see that in our own relationships with one another, the need for them, the importance of them. But of course, our primary need is for a relationship with God. That is what we are all about at the Minster, helping people find a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because the good news, my friends, is that the perfect God who created you, who made you and your intricate ear structures and things like that, who made you, loves you. And even though you and I had turned away from him, rejected him, turned our backs, rebelled on him and walked away, God didn't just wash his hands of us and leave us. No, he sent Jesus. Jesus to come to this earth, to step in the gap, to be the bridge between a perfect God and sinful human beings. God is so invested in relationship with you that he's willing to send his son to this earth to die on a cross. That cross, which is your bridge, your way 
into a perfect relationship with Jesus Christ. You were created for relationship. And these, these things are like the building blocks. If you're thinking about a house, these things are the foundation. In this passage, Peter talks about being chosen. You're chosen to be made. The fact that you're here is a miracle. You're chosen to be part of God's family. That's the church. You've been chosen to be part of God's family. You've been chosen for relationship with other people and ultimately with God. And all of that helps us come on to our final answer, as it were, to the question, why are we here? Third point is that we're here to glorify God. Read this verse again with me one more time. It says in 1 Peter chapter 2, you are a chosen people, you're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. And this is the key thing, guys. I love this bit. Why? That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Do you see the progression in this passage? You're chosen to be a royal priesthood, holy nation, God's special possession. Why? To declare his praises. The one who called you out of darkness, out of sin, out of rebellion, and into the wonderful light of Jesus Christ. There's a progression to it. We need to understand that we're made, that we're chosen, that we're part of God's family, that we're called to a relationship with God. That is the absolute foundation of our lives. And then we can get on to glorifying God and asking how we do that, how we glorify God. This is why we are here. We are here to glorify God. And you can do this absolutely anywhere. It's not about your circumstances. It's about your heart. I think sometimes we can get really caught up in thinking that if we adjust our circumstances, we'll be able to glorify God more you know, easily or be in a place where we can even begin to glorify God. But that is not true. We can glorify God wherever we are placed in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, at UCLan, at Cardinal Newman, when we go into Tesco's, when we work in our job in the supermarket or the cafe or the business that we run. Anywhere we find ourselves, we're chosen, we're special, we're called to declare God's praises in those places, wherever we find ourselves. And I think sometimes we can trip ourselves up. It's so much more about our heart than it is about our circumstances. You have been placed somewhere, and it's God-ordained. And you may feel like you're in the wrong place or feel like you're not quite in the place that you need to be. But I'm here to tell you this morning that you are exactly where God wants you to be. And in the daily choices that you make, in just being who you are, in loving God in your workplace and in those different contexts, you are called to declare his praises, to live lives that declare his praises. And it's not about your circumstances. You might be going through a really tough time at work. You might be starting 
a new venture. You might be just getting back into work after COVID, and tomorrow might feel like quite a big step for lots of you going back into the offices and so on. But I'm here to tell you that you are called to declare the praises of God. And here's just a few more tips. I was thinking about practical things that I could give you guys tools that if you're asking that question, why, these things might, might be of assistance to you. Like if you are thinking, what is God's plan for my life? Why am I here? What should I do with my life? Whether you're just starting out or whether you've been running for a long time, I think some of these questions are super, super helpful. So if you're asking why and you're considering what your purpose is, what your calling is, what you're here to do, some of these would be really helpful. Firstly, what makes you angry? Seems like a weird place to start, but sometimes an indicator of what you're called to do and the purpose that God has for your life is literally to ask yourself, what makes me really angry? What makes me really frustrated? Secondly, what brings you life? What do you enjoy doing? Because that's often a really big indicator of what God has placed inside you and how he's created you. When I first became a Christian when I was 18 years old, the thing that I wanted to do most of all, above all other things, was tell others about Jesus. And I worked in a garage as a mechanic, and uh, I just loved having those conversations. It was often quite frustrating and difficult because you'd face ridicule or people wouldn't understand. People wouldn't understand my Christian faith. But I remember as, when I was training to do my apprenticeship, being at college, some of the things that just brought so much life were talking to other people about Jesus. I remember two friends who came to church and them talking with my Christian friends about, and then you know, going on a real adventure with Jesus, exploring what it meant to be a follower of Jesus, and just thinking, yes, this is what I want to spend my life doing, facilitating and helping people have those conversations about Jesus Christ. And for you, it might look different, but asking yourself that question, what gives you life? Another question that's related is, what gifts and skills has God given you? What are you good at? That's great. That's a great question to be asking when it comes to purpose, when it comes to why. Ask yourself, what are you good at? What has God placed in you? And perhaps a final question, what do you dream about? What does the ideal world in your mind look like? Does it look like, I don't know what it could look like. Does it look like human trafficking being ended? Does it look like everybody in the world having clean water? Does it look like your friends and colleagues coming to know Jesus? Does it look like the church of Jesus Christ growing? Does it look like young people encountering Jesus? What does your ideal vision of your dream about the world look like? Because all of these things are great indicators when it comes to the question, why? And asking yourself, would your dreams help you declare God's praises? If your dream is to become filthy rich so you can just chill out and have a nice life, it's probably not a God dream. Sorry to burst the bubble if you were getting really excited then about that thing. But if, if, you, wanna, if you want to kind of grow a business 
and begin to make money in order that you can be a blessing to others. If you want to be in a particular industry or a sector in order that you can be the light of Jesus in that place. Whatever you want to do, ask yourself, is it something and somewhere you can declare God's praises? Because friends, you and I are called to declare God's praises. That is why we are on this earth. We are here because we're chosen. You're a miracle this morning. The fact that you're sat here at 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning at Preston Minster, you're a miracle. That's, enough, that's kind of enough of a miracle. But you're chosen to be part of God's family. You're chosen to be in relationship with God and other people. And you're chosen to declare his praises in the places that he's placed you. He has put stuff in you so that you can declare his praises. And I think that is worth spending some time just pondering and asking the Holy Spirit, more, reveal more, Lord, of what you have for my life. Reveal more about why I'm here. Thank you so much for listening to the Preston Minster podcast. We'll see you again soon.